I'm Kat Harris. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm an educator, brand strategist, and content creator. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface and to hold space for meaningful dialogue. It's a place where done is better than perfect, where quality triumphs quantity, and where the journey is the destination. So I invite you to leave your Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is messy and beautifully imperfect. We all have a story to tell, and I want to hear yours. Hey friends, we want to invite you to be a part of the Refined Collective Podcast tribe. Patreon is an incredible platform that allows artists and creatives to raise funds that empower them to do their craft with excellence by giving you, our audience, the opportunity to sign up for monthly pledges. You can sign up for as little as $5 a month. Our Patreon tribe has first access to our latest episodes, as well as information and insight concerning all things Refined Collective podcast related. Please check out our page and join us in empowering us to continue to create meaningful episodes, interviews, and content for y'all. You can find our page at www.patreon.com forward slash the Refined Collective. Hey friends, it's Kat Harris. Welcome to this week's Refined Collective podcast with Shanae Alexander. Shanae is a Brooklyn-based entrepreneur, lifestyle personality, writer, speaker, wellness expert, and friends, this girl is powerful. Her message is to empower people to be better, the best version of themselves through positivity, active change, and self-love. She has a YouTube. She is very proud that she does not like kale, y'all. And she is in the stages of writing her first book and her soon-to-be podcast. I'm so excited. This week, we talked about vulnerability, the power of failure in our lives. And she shared some wisdom bombs of how powerful it is to let ourselves have the permission to be imperfect and be on the journey that we are on. And that when we are vulnerable, it gives other people the courage to be vulnerable themselves. Cannot wait for you guys to hear this girl. So here we go. Hey, Shanae. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, guys. Hey, Ken. How's your morning? It's going really good. It's very snowy and disgusting in New York right now, but I'm trying to, like, move past that and just enjoy this lovely space. Oh, my gosh. Just for me, I have to, like, mentally prepare myself and just be like, all right, it's going to be snowing today. And like, what footwear do I need? Yes. Yes. Mostly my main question (laughs) in life is... What footwear will equip me for this day? <laughs> Mainly for me, I'm like, can I get away with wearing yoga pants and snow boots all day long, every day, as long as I need to? I mean, there's a lot of like young college students that do. So hey, being in your 30s and young. rocking it. I'm just, yes. just staying young and hip. I'm not like the other girls. I'm the cool girl. You're the cool mom. <laughs> um, well, Shanae, I'm so excited to have you. Um, I feel like I found out about you a couple years ago through one of my girlfriends. She was like, there's this girl, Shanae, that lives in your neighborhood oh. and you have to check her out. And I think something that has it was always like set up, it was, it was a setup that you didn't know about. Yes. So it was like one of those creepy, like, Hey, Oh, I don't, who are you? Oh, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's um, really funny is that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Like in the world, people will message me afterwards on Instagram or whatever. And they're like, I just sat next to you for two hours. I'm like, why didn't we talk? 
Like, this is weird. Now I feel uncomfortable that they see me pick my nose. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm like, did I pick my nose? How much did I pick my nose? (laughs) Did I bite my nails and then rub my eye and touch the subway pole? What happened? (laughs) Did I eat a fruit by the foot on the subway? Probably. Yes, yes. So what has stood out to me about you and then just getting to know you over the last few years is your honesty. And I know that you started your social platform through doing fitness and now it's evolved and how I see you is this powerful woman who cares about people, cares about story. You care about investing into the lives of others. And something that stands out specifically about you to me that you've told me is you don't want people to see you and be like, how can I be like Shanae? You want people to be the best version of themselves. So just before we get started, I just want to hear about who you are. Why do you do what you do? And just go for that. I think I always, since I was a little girl, was compelled by people, Mm -hmm. stories in particular of people. But when I was really young, I was like kind of this precocious. My mom says I'm the same exact person (laughs) I was when I was born as I am now, Um, which is so interesting. But I was an only child and I grew Mm -hmm. up around a lot of adults. And so I learned to really be unafraid of talking to people about life, whether that be things that were hard or you know, kind of more adult humor or whatever. So I actually think it primed me for like just talking to people, being around my parents, friends. And also mm. I moved every three years of my life oh, wow. growing up, which I was actually talking to my mom last week. And I was like, that was so insanely hard on me, mm. but I'm so thankful for it because it really taught me, first of all, I was always the new girl. Yeah. So it taught me how to be the new girl and mm. it taught me how to walk into a room and have to introduce myself with some sort of confidence. Mm. But I think the thing that was more important is it taught me to roll with change. Mm. And for me, my life has become really tumultuous in a good way. Um, in that every day is kind of different. And so for me, like the combination of learning how to talk to people, Mm. learning how to talk to new people and create empathy within Mm. those relationships very quickly and be like, what are people about? But then also rolling with the change of my career and things like that. It's like, it's kind of like Captain Planet. Like when all of our powers combined, yeah. it kind of made <laughs> this, this thing, which is really awesome. And every day when I wake up, the thing that gives me energy is people. Mm-hmm. It always has. And I never could put my finger on how to like do that full time. Yeah. And the fact that I get to do people full time and really talk about things that are hopefully moving things into a more positive direction yeah. is crazy. And I am so like mind blown every day that I'm like, people tell me things and want to talk to me about their lives yeah. and they want to listen about my life. And we get to share this stuff in a world that so greatly wants to push each other away. Yeah. So it's, you know, I know, it, you know, I don't want to be like, I'm hashtag blessed, but kind of <laughs> hashtag blessed yeah. in, in, in the way of like, you know, it's not about partnerships or sponsorships or getting to do cool photo shoots and things like that. It's really for me about the fact that, you know, exchanging stories in this world is a powerful thing. Right. And I think something that you just said about creating empathy, creating that connection with people, something that I think is that if I want there to be vulnerability, if I want there to be authenticity, I get to be that first. Yep. And that's something I see with you. And what is that like for you? I mean, is it is it hard? Do you ever wake up and you're like, man, I feel like I need to talk about this thing and I don't want to. Like, how is that for you? 
You know, I think it's been hard in the current, like, like political social climate Mm -hmm. to, and I'm not going to get too into politics here, but, you know, I think it's hard to talk about your workout of the day or spin class when, like, people are suffering. And so for me, those moments have been a little tricky in the last Mm -hmm. year of talking about things that are genuinely hard. And they're hard and you you don't know how to fix them. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing is like, I don't have huge, massive solutions. I have Mm -hmm. tiny ways in which like we can start to put ourselves back together with these sorts of things. But really it's me sharing that I'm at a loss too. And so for me with, with kind of like having an empathetic viewpoint through especially social media has been like, okay, if I want, like uh, the ba- at the base of empathy is like understanding each other because you kind of bring yourself to the same level mm-hmm. and you can put yourself in their shoes. Mm-hmm. And so my thing has always been like, I want people to come to my platform or meeting me or, or however, and say, she's saying all the things that I felt mm-hmm. and was either afraid to say, yeah. couldn't put my finger on it, or I, I wasn't ready to talk about these right. things. And so for me, it's really like, how do I open the door through my own processing? Right. Like, I mean, this is all stuff like talking about like what feminism looks like in 2018. Right. I don't have it figured out. There's mm-hmm. a lot of nuance out there mm-hmm. and there's a lot of figuring out to do, but at least I want to be like, this is where I'm at. And mm-hmm. this is what I want to figure out. And like, are you also trying to figure this out? Right. Same with like, body image and things like that. Like, you know, it's funny because people think when you look a certain way, you don't struggle with that. And I'm right. like, this is a universal truth that we feel vulnerable about our bodies as women. And and some men, I think, I think less so for men. I, I don't want to make generalities, but I do think less so for men. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is people are so fearful to name the things they feel insecure about yeah. because it's almost like, putting your guard down totally right. and being like inviting people to make fun of you or inviting mm-hmm. that kind of torment in. Mm-hmm. And for me, what I found is the more that I release the things that I'm afraid of, the more I put it out there and actually say, this is something I'm afraid of, yeah. or this is something I'm weak in, or this is something that I worry about. Mm-hmm. The overwhelming response has been I also have had those thoughts or I'm so glad you said it. I was Mm -hmm. afraid to say it, or this gives me bravery. And like, what I think is so beautiful is it's not just about being vulnerable with each other. It's about building strength from there. Right. And I think what has been the best thing is hearing people's stories of like, you were vulnerable. I was vulnerable back. And then here's what I did with it. Right. Like, I'm not so concerned about like sitting around being um, a mopey, sad mess and talking Mm. girl talk for 10 hours. But I'm really concerned of like, what do we do with it? Right. Right. You know, like we can't just feel things and not have them incite action and movement. And so that's been really like an exciting thing for me is just to see how being vulnerable actually Mm -hmm. turns into creating action and and movement in the world. Right. I think people, at least this has been my experience, people are dying for the permission to go there. Yeah. And we think, Shanae looks perfect online and we have the filters and we show the 10 seconds of the most sexy moments of our days. And so we think that person has it together. And so it feels like weakness and almost a death sometimes to show like, I don't have it all together. I am freaking out. I'm doubting myself and no one else seems to be doubting themselves, but it just takes that one person to be like, Hey, hello. Like I'm not perfect. And you also don't have to be perfect. Um, And And I really think like, 
you know, people often ask me like, how has your brand been successful or how do you feel like you've grown? Mm -hmm. And for me, like the one thing I can point to is I don't have the best photos. I don't have, Mm -hmm. you know, like most of my clothes are from like Zara, you know, it's like, (laughs) I love Zara. Yeah. No, it's like (laughs) no shade on Zara. Um, but it, it, it isn't about that. Mm-hmm. What I find is that my audience has grown because of truth telling. Right. And also really letting people see your real day mm-hmm. and the real parts of you. Like when mm-hmm. I shoot, I love to like show people like terrible photos. And I'm like, <laughs> they, I'm like there was a hundred bad photos right. for this one good photo, right. mm-hmm. you know, or talking about, like I talked about how this like health food thing, like really made me have to go to the bathroom the other day and how I almost- The coffee, like, the bullet coffee? Yeah, bulletproof coffee <laughs> almost made me poop my pants in a Panera Bread. Don't We've ask all questions. Been there. <laughs> so basically like, you know, by sh- even if it's like funny stories right. and funny anecdotes, it's this thing of like, how do we bring ourselves back down to reality in the happy moments, in the sad right. moments, in the hard stuff? Like, how do we just become more human? Right. Even if we're living online? Yeah. And that's just been, it's been a really fun- kind of tightrope to walk. Right. And it's really the most compelling thing is to have people come back and say, like, I feel like you're like me. Mm. And I'm like, I am. You know, that is the truth. I am like you. Right. Because we're all like humanity. Like there's no like better than, worse than, like we're all in the same playing field. I was saying like, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about this, but like Beyonce has been in a situation where she had an emergency bathroom situation. She's been there. And (laughs) it's it's hard to think about it. But she's been there. Nothing more compelling will ever be said on this podcast. Guys. Beyonce, we hope guys, you're listening. Guys, don't, don't listen to the podcast after this because we've reached the top. It, it's going downhill from here. <laughs> well, um, you're like moving on from Beyonce. Moving on from Beyonce. <laughs> I never want to move on from Beyonce. <laughs> Something that you inspired me to do, and I feel like this is a practical way that you've like lived your vulnerability, is um, the Me Too campaign, which I wasn't necessarily planning to go there, but... When all of that started coming to surface, it felt like, ah, do I say something? Like, am I, I don't know if I should, like, I don't know if my situations are worth sharing. And I know I texted you and this happened, but I saw your post and I was so compelled Mm. because I felt like, no, like you sharing your story of the hollering, the butt slaps, the inappropriate gestures, it got my mind moving and I was like, oh my gosh, like things that I have accepted as just normal behavior, or that's just a guy being a guy, or right. maybe it was my fault. I shouldn't have worn that. You inspired me to share my story. And so how was that for you putting that out there? And what was the response you got? You know, it's it's a really interesting kind of tightrope we walk here because What's what we're compelled to do is to then put all of our experiences and all the things that have happened to us and others on this sliding scale mm. of severity. Right. And there certainly is a sliding scale of sever- severity in when we're talking about, you know, sexual advances, sexual assault, rape, all of these things. Mm. Like, you know, a guy leering at you on the street calling you mommy isn't as, I mean, is not nearly as bad as someone, you know, coming up to you and assaulting you at a party. Mm-hmm. Like th- these things are very different, mm-hmm. but I think it's, for me, it was about opening up the conversation about what we find acceptable as women mm-hmm. as how we're treated. And it's not even about the sexual assault component of it. Although that is a huge issue and weight in the culture at this moment. Mm-hmm. I think it was 
for me, really important just to have women to be able to talk about the things that happened to them that right. they feel like they blame themselves for. Mm. And I think as women, we blame ourselves for a lot of things. Yeah. Because we can handle it mm. and we've conditioned ourselves to handle it. And I think that's a shame because I'm like, why do we have to be the one to bear that? Mm. You know, it's, it's not minimizing the sexual assault component. It is about saying though, as women, like, okay, we're talking about the things that have shifted our culture as women in a really tough place. You know, I mean, like just equality for women in general mm. and people. You know, I mean, I also talk about lack of representation of people of color and things like that. And that's t- starting to talk about that right. and have uncomfortable conversations, especially online. I mean, it's not fun to regale the stories of when guys drugged your drink or when, you know, a 40-year-old man at a Mexican bathroom, you know, pinned you up against the wall. Like, these are not fun things to mm-hmm. recall, but they're important things because the person that's getting catcalled on the street can then turn around and say like, actually, this is not how I'm worthy of being treated. Right. Right. And, and I hope that people start to just understand their worthiness, Mm -hmm. you know, not, it's not about combating the world. It's about understanding your worthiness and being treated as, you know, kind of like the level of human that you should be. Mm -hmm. And we have to just demand it. Right. You know, and so for me, what's been so powerful about me too is just women, first of all, being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. telling stories, Mm -hmm. which are powerful that Mm -hmm. bring us together, but then also saying, okay, how do we empower ourselves in all areas of our lives? Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like I just like want to be taking notes of what you're saying. It's, 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 but you know, it's, it's, it's hard because it feels, I mean, don't you feel like a little overwhelmed at this moment? It's like the me too stuff, things in culture and, and, and. It just in the world are very heavy. Right. And so it, it feels like a reckoning and I'm, I don't have the foresight to know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, I was likening it to the other day. There's like, we didn't know we were going from Beyonce's bowel movements to (laughs) crop crop growing in the American South, but we are. (laughs) Um, so like there's this method called slash and burn and they used to have fields Um, where they would grow, you know, vegetables or whatever. And basically they would try to grow crops over and over on the fields Mm -hmm. and the soil became so nutrient deficient Mm -hmm. that the crops were suffering. And so a technique in farming was the slash and burn technique where they would slash all the like dead crops down or like the thing and then burn the thing to the ground. And the ashes basically over time enrich the soil. Mm. And so I feel like we're in a moment where we're slashing and burning because we've tried to like work out of nutrient deficient soil Mm. for so long that we're like, we don't have any nutrients for this anymore. Like we almost have to reveal it all, Mm. get all the nasty parts. And then we have this field that we can work in, Mm. you know? And so for me, I'm always kind of thinking like, all right, this feels hard, but it's the necessary level of difficulty to thrive. Yes. Yes. There has to be, there has to be like acknowledgement and almost like an ash, a death before the, before the rebirth, before the growth. Totally. And I, and I, it's hard to admit that that's necessary because it's yucky. Yeah. We want to be comfortable. Yeah, sure. But we've been comfortable for a really long time and that's probably a good reason of why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. 
am thrilled to talk with y'all about one of our Refined Collective sponsors this week, Branch Basics. Now, Branch Basics is a female-owned company that provides toxic-free cleaning products. Their passion is to help others live transformed lives through creating a non-toxic environment. Their starter kit, y'all, is my favorite. Here's how it works. Basically, it's one product that tackles hundreds of uses depending on the different levels of dilution. You can use Branch Basics to clean your bathtub grout, to washing your hands, to stain treating, and even doing full loads of laundry, y'all. That makes me so happy. (laughs) Because if you have followed The Refined Woman for any length of time, you know I'm all about simplicity and functionality. I want to kill as many birds with one stone, and I live in New York City, so I don't want clutter around and 50 different cleaning solutions. Branch Basics truly streamlines my cleaning. It saves me money since I'm only buying one product. It's less waste and more sustainable because I get to reuse their spray and foamer bottles over and over again. And on top of all of that, the stuff really works, guys. And not only is it quality product, but I am so in line with the heart behind Branch Basics. They believe that change happens over time with the tiny everyday decisions we make and that our health and well-being is worth being intentional about. So Branch Basics gave us a special code just for our Refined Collective tribe. Check out branchbasics.com and you can use the promo code REFINEDCOLLECTIVE, all one word in lowercase, at checkout for 20% off your first order. Enjoy. Shanae, I love what you were just saying about death and growth and the process that we have to go through. And it reminds me of all aspects of life, really. Like we are in a constant process. And I think something that you've talked about that has been encouraging to me is just this idea of body image. And you've said like, you know, no matter how much you love yourself, you'll always have those days where it like switches on and off. And you've been really public about, your like body image and body positivity and your journey through like weight loss and up and down. And I think something that I have felt in my life is I struggled with an eating disorder in college and my process of healing was over years. And in the beginning, I felt like, oh my gosh, if I threw up again, or if I started counting calories again, I was back at square one. Mm -hmm. And finally, I felt like I got this picture of when babies are learning to walk and they take a couple steps and fall. Right. Their parents aren't mad at them. Right. They're like, wow, you made progress. You took five steps before falling. Okay, you took two steps this time. Okay, 10 10 steps this time. And I just want to hear from you, like, your healing process. And I feel like body image and body positivity is such, like, a hot-button topic right Right. now. But I— It's trending. It's trending. But I just want to know from you, like, what does that process look like for you? Because you're someone who— from the outside, I see you and I'm like, you are confident. You have it all together. You are sexy. You have a beautiful body. Yeah. So, you know, it's been an interesting journey because when I was, I was pretty overweight in like kind of college. And then when I first moved to New York, like through like 2009, I would say. And what was so crazy is I never struggled with body image when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I was always really confident. I was like, I like thought I was amazing. And like, I just, I had a great social life. I dated, I had lots of friends. I was like well-liked. Like mm. I never found that my body hindered me. Mm. And so it was kind of this thing of like learning a healthy lifestyle was really 
more informational and more of a challenge to myself Mm -hmm. rather than like, I hate my body, so I have to change it. And now I'm going to feel good about myself. It was really coming from a place of love. Yeah. And which I'm going to touch on in a minute. Mm -hmm. But basically I went through this like kind of health and wellness journey of really like learning how to revamp my life through wellness. And what I found is I was really at first very empowered by information and I found it like a personal building, you know, it's like you, you kind of, you're build you're in this process of like building you as a human. And this was a component that I hadn't built of like how I eat and how mm-hmm. I take care of my body. And so it was a really fun process to actually go through. And what was the craziest thing though, is as I got thinner, leaner, more fitness focused or whatever, like when I was probably at my most lean, most healthy fit, like from the outside, everyone would say like, she's very fit. Mm. Um, I was the most unhappy I've ever been with my body. I was really self-conscious of it. I was worried about it. Mm. I was thinking so much about proving to people that I was still making progress. And I felt like I had all this kind of expectation to live up to. Mm. What was so crazy is uh, at that moment, I was really self-aware because I remembered the girl at, you know, 225 pounds that was really confident. Mm. I like remembered her because she was still me. Yeah. But I'd lost a piece of it, you know? And so I had to kind of go rewind. Wait a minute. I don't need to gain 70 pounds back, Mm. but I do need to gain my mindset back. Oh, that's good. And so it was like, how do you stay healthy and stay fit and keep those habits, but go back to a mindset that's like strong and healthy. Mm -hmm. And so it took me, you know, a little time to get back there and be like, what are the things that are important to you beyond this? Mm -hmm. Like, let's not focus on this. It doesn't matter what people think. And I probably gained 10 pounds since then. And I'm like, you know what? That was my like 10 pounds of grace to myself. And it's 10 pounds of sanity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's the drinking wine, you know, at 2 a.m. on a Friday with friends and then waking up and going to a spin class. Mm -hmm. Like that is the type of balance I really want. And for me, like getting back to a place of really being positive about my body, I kind of realized that the words body positivity are actually bull. I mean, for me, it's like, what about talking about self-love more than body positivity? Mm -hmm. Because literally no one feels positive about their body all the time. It is like not a human thing. Like, I don't care if you're Giselle, like Giselle still wakes up and after like, maybe she ate Chinese food at the Super Bowl and she's like, I look a little bloated, you know, like, or, oh, I wish my hair was different or whatever. Like the things that are the human norms are feeling a certain way about the way you look. Like that's just human. It doesn't make you a failure if you don't feel positive about your body all the Mm, time. But I think if the overarching belief about yourself is that you are positive about yourself Mm. as a whole, not just about your body, but your mind, your spirit, your physical self. Like if we can get to a place where the majority of our time is spent in a positive headspace Mm. about those things, like that's freaking awesome. Yeah. And I try to explain that to people because people do see me as confident and like, whatever, like sex pot confident, like doesn't give a crap about whatever people say. And I don't. And the thing is, is you can be all of those things Mm -hmm. and have days where you're like, I feel weird about myself today. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I'm self-conscious wearing this or Ugh, I'm at a pool party and like, I don't have a six pack. Like there are those moments. And I think the, the strange place we're in is we live in a world of this pendulum that swings all the way to one side or all the way to the other side. And the, the true fact is that we are more layered than that. Right. Like we have nuance mm-hmm. and we have to learn to love that too. Mm-hmm. And so I can be confident, sexy, feel great walking into any room. And then I can still have those days where I'm like, wow, I look, you know, not as fit as I want to, or Mm -hmm. man, I tried to work out and I wasn't as good or I messed up or, Mm -hmm. I mean, it can go all the way to our minds. Like I was really short tempered or I'm Mm -hmm. not feeling creative. Mm -hmm. Like these are all things like not feeling creative one day doesn't mean you're not a creative person. Exactly. So why would we say a confident person that doesn't feel good about themselves for a hot minute isn't a confident person? Right. It's a, it's a range. Right. We work in nuance. So, well, and it's, I, I really believe this idea that how we show up for one thing is how we show up for everything. And we're not perfect. Yeah. And I think a question I ask myself constantly is like, do I love myself today? What if I'm never the person I was when I was at my ideal moment? What if I do awful things and don't create the things I want to create in life? Like, will I still choose to love myself and give myself space to make mistakes and failures? And are failures really failures? Like, yeah. So what do you, yeah. What do you think about failure? I honestly, every like quote unquote failure in my life, uh, whether that be relationships that ended or decisions not to move forward in life in certain ways or, you know, getting kind of like let go from my day job or mm-hmm. for, you know, getting like, I mean, the reason I have a social media account is because I literally was interviewing for a job and they said I didn't have any experience. <laughs> so I kept posting on Instagram even after I didn't get the job in social media And now that's my full-time job. And so it's really crazy that our, our, our failures aren't failing, you Mm -hmm. know, they, they are just parts of our story. And often I kind of in mental, I I think in pictures and stories, because I'm probably like five years old inside. (laughs) And I always think of like at a bowling alley, you know, those bumpers, Mm -hmm. like the bumpers and like the ball hitting the bumpers are like our failures of like, that would have gone in the gutter, Mm -hmm. but the bumper is the thing that pops it back out into a space where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, I feel like every single failure in my life, I can point directly from that failure to thriving. Right. You know, and they're not all directly connected. Like when this failed, this happened, but it's all the successive nature of all these things cumulatively over time have gotten me to the place where I'm supposed to be. And I think people often get really down about failing because we have such small visions for our life. Mm. I always say like people look through like a paper towel tube at their Mm. life. You know, they're like looking down the paper towel tube (laughs) and they have this very small vision of where they're going. Yeah. And they have no idea the perspective outside of that. Mm. So like the vision of their life is accurate, but it's small. Mm. Ooh, there's like a sermon in there. You know, I mean, like (laughs) you can see, like, it's not like you have... You know, it's it's not like you're blind to your life, mm-hmm. but you have a very small perspective of yeah. it. And I think the failures live outside of that, mm. you know, and the failures kind of create that bigger vision. Yeah. And so for me, 
I've actually come to like embrace it. Like when yeah. things don't work out for me, I'm like, Ooh, what's coming next? I'm like, I know there's something good coming because this yes. didn't work out. Yes. And like, I actually get really excited about failing mm. now because I'm like, wow, that was not where I was supposed to be. Yeah. It wasn't for me. Yeah. And I think accepting when things are not for you. Mm. And I think that's hard in this cult- culture of comparison yeah. because you're like, why can't I have what she has? Or why, you know, why don't I not getting the kind of jobs that she's getting? Or why don't I have the boyfriend like she has? Or why is my husband such a peep? Um, <laughs> you know, um, but, but I think, you know, in the culture of comparison, it's really easy mm. to get really down on ourselves about our failures or not having what other people have. And I think what's so amazing is that as you learn about how failing kind of can transform your life into a positive mm-hmm. thing, like I get really excited when I'm like, I didn't get that because that wasn't for me. And I'm like releasing that into the yeah. world. And there is something for me that's coming. Right. There's such a bigger, better story for our lives mm-hmm. than we let ourselves have. Yeah. You know, that paper towel tube is like connected to our eyeball at all times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, there's so much more. And like, that's what I think the power of like, when you, when you see little visions of it opening up and you can start reflecting and look, I think that's why reflection is so important. Mm-hmm. Like when you can start reflecting and looking back and being like, oh my God, if I was still dating that guy, this is what my life probably would have looked right. like. And I would have never gotten to explore this. Mm-hmm. Or you know, realize this or, or whatever. And I just, oh, it's just, that's the kind of stuff that like makes me so excited for the unknown. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I resonate with that so much, so much of my own journey, even with this stinking podcast is for me, what the fear of failure does is it keeps me stuck and paralyzed and small. So I will have these ideas. I want to start a podcast and or I want to write a book, or I want to run a marathon, whatever that thing is, is that, that, that big goal that I feel like so many of us have. And then I start thinking of what if it doesn't work? What if I fail? Who would want to listen to me anyways? And who gave me the right, who made me the expert? And then out of fear, I just stay small and I'm looking through that paper towel tube. I'm like, well, like this little thing that I'm doing, I'm doing it well. It's comfortable. It it looks good from the outside. So let's just stay here. Right. And I think it's just such a freaking lie. Like, what, what is the main thing that you've felt freedom in that you've thought you were going to fail at, mm-hmm. but it ended up being freeing? Or, or something that's either you failed at or you thought you were going to fail at? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind when you say that is love. Yeah. I shut my heart off to love for so many years. And I didn't even really know I was doing it at the time, but I was so terrified of heartache. I'd been so hurt so many times that I kind of got to a place where I was like, not again. It is not worth the risk. And I don't want it to fail. And I don't want to be hurt. Right. And I went, I had a relationship a couple of years ago that was really transformative. It was short. It was a couple months long. And it was the first time in years where I was like, you know what? I'm going to go all in and I'm going to fall head over heels. And it didn't work and it was messy. And the worst case scenario that I thought was going to happen happened, which for me was me showing someone my heart and it not working out. Yeah. And that like gut heartache that I felt was like, Oh man, so heavy. Like when you're in the middle of heartache, you're like, am I ever going to feel normal again? But are you glad you did it? I'm so glad. And I even remember, I have it in my journal, like the day after things ended. And I was like, I feel like crap. My heart is heavy. 
thank you, God, for letting me go through this because I know that even if things don't work out, love is worth the risk. Yeah. If when you feel things very truly, and I always tell people, you know, if you failed, it means you tried something Mm. that you put yourself into. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is like people can perhaps lead a life of no failure, but it's going to be a really small life. Yeah. You know, it's a really small, safe life. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that the converse to failure is success Mm -hmm. and not just financial or, you know, work success or love success, but just overall feeling the confidence of being a successful human that, Mm -hmm. that shaped the world in whatever way that Mm -hmm. you're meant to shape the world. And so, I, I mean, I think it's amazing that you even share that story mm. because so many people, their pride would be so hurt mm. by the situation. You know, you want the story to end with, and then it worked out. And I lived happily ever after. He's upstairs <laughs> making me cinnamon rolls. <laughs> I have some weird fantasies. Um, I love cinnamon oh, rolls. Oh, man. With like the I mean, I, you know what I do at airports? I don't go to Cinnabon, but I stand in front of Cinnabon and I just breathe deeply. <laughs> And then I'm like, all right, I think that was enough. Girl, you got to get yourself a Cinnabon one of these days. You know what? The thing is, is you eat those and then you feel like a Cinnabon. (laughs) And then you're on the airplane and then you're like. Talk about like transformative. Like that will transform you in a couple ways. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, is this 16,000 calorie uh, cinnamon roll worth it at the airport when you're just alone sitting in a plastic seat? I'm not positive. Sometimes yes. (laughs) Most of the time, no. Uh, well, as we sort of come to an end and wrap up, there's a couple questions that I'm asking all my guests. And one, the first one is, what are three things you're obsessed with right now? I'm obsessed with um, podcasts. Amazing. In general. <laughs> Guys, I'm here. <laughs> this was actually just a plug for the Refined Woman podcast. <laughs> now that you mentioned that. <laughs> no, please click the link in my... No, um, <laughs> No, I love podcasts because for me, um, I've always loved music and um, music has always been in New York, a really integral part of me kind of moving around the city. It's been really cool to introduce like, hey, I'm learning things or I'm laughing Mm -hmm. or whatever when I'm or I'm being inspired while I'm walking around this place that I know so well. So I love there's a couple podcasts I love. Yeah. So my friend Estee's podcast, the heart of it is amazing. She talks about everything from like feminism to strength to all these different things. And she has really great guests. Um, I love the two dope Queens podcast. Have you heard it? I haven't. Oh my God. It is so funny. They're here in New York and they are hilarious. Um, I'm also trying to like support people of color in their ventures this year in like art and media. So definitely that is they are at the top of my list. And then I love political podcasts because I'm just a politics nerd. So I love all the crooked media podcasts from like, um, pod save America to love it or leave it. Like all of those podcasts I'm very obsessed with, um, beauty products. I'm really exploring, um, a lot of natural beauty. Mm-hmm. I have just basically uncovered the world of like Credo, the store Credo yes. beauty and, and also the like, uh, What's it called? Violet gray. And it's, I don't swear by natural beauty because I use a lot of things that aren't natural, but to open up a whole new world of cool, new, small brands doing interesting things has been really 
really fun to explore. And I'm like a beauty product nerd. Do you have like one natural product that you would say, I tried it, I liked it? Okay, so um, Jillian, well, I love the entire line from Sunday Riley, the skincare Mm -hmm. line. I think it's great if you're looking for a natural beauty option. But then also these um, Jillian Dempsey lid tints. They're almost like an eye gloss. And you kind of, they're just like these really easy grab and go little things. And they just add the most like luminescent eye thing and they're natural. Mm -hmm. And you feel kind of like fabulous when you use them, which is always- Oh, I love feeling fabulous. The goal. (laughs) Um, And then the, the third thing that I'm discovering or I will be discovering is I'm going to Mexico City. And so I, with my team, we curated this huge Mexico City guide. And so I just love researching travel stuff. Um, I love looking at locations to stay in different places. And so while I was doing my Mexico City research, one of the really fun things I found was this website called One Fine Stay. Have you heard of it? No. (gasps) Okay. So One Fine Stay I'm obsessed with because it's like these fabulous properties all over the world that you can rent out just like, um, like a Airbnb, but it's like a very curated Airbnb. Mm. And now I'm just obsessed with looking at places all around the world, even places <laughs> I'm not going. I'm just like, what's the most fabulous apartment I could find in Paris <laughs> on one fine stay. So I would say like Mexico city Rex, but also like one fine stay. I'm like into it. Love it. Mostly because I'm it. like being voyeuristic and looking at people's apartments. Hey, I support that. <laughs> I support you being slightly stalkerish. Yeah. Um, okay, two, what do you wish you could tell your younger self? I think going back to the failure conversation mm. of like your failures aren't failing and just mm. like, just be, live open-handed to the things that will come to you and understand that the, the only things that you have to do are to consistently be good. Mm. You know, just like consistently press into being good. Never let people take that away from you. You know, don't take yourself too seriously, but also like just understand that like your plan is not yours Mm. and just being okay with that. I was like definitely like a white knuckle control freak before. And I think entrepreneurship and life, having an unusual life has really taught me to let that go. Mm. So just understanding that, you know, your failures aren't failing in life probably would have been helpful. But, you know, knowing me at that age, I probably wouldn't have listened to myself. Like, what do you know anyway? I'd have been like, <laughs> dude, shut the F up. <laughs> I know. I feel like I usually have to learn things the hard way. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, Gosh, for this one time, can I just take my mom's advice? Like some people just, some people do that though. They like, like listen to advice and they're like, I'm just going to do that. And I'm like, how? (laughs) Thank you for that. I'm going to still go down that house that's on fire. That house looks on fire. (laughs) I don't know if it's really going to hurt me. So I'm just going to touch it. (laughs) Okay. Um, Last question. And this is something I feel super passionate about. I think all humans are leaders by the mere existence. In fact, that we are alive on this earth. We have leadership within us and we have stories to tell. And so my question for you is what is the story you invite others into and what would be your, what is your vision for yourself, for others and for the world? I think, you know, it's a big question, but if I could sum up like what I want to bring to the world and what I want to bring to myself is like, how do we teach ourselves to just live in our own bodies and in our own minds, say what we mean, say what we're afraid to say, Mm. say what brings us joy and go after it, even if we don't find it. And, 
you know, really telling the full story. I think it's about not telling a specific story. It's about telling the full story. And so like, how do we present a more full vision of who we are? And so I would say like, you know, I don't want people or myself to tell, you know, one version. I just want whatever's true. Mm. And so if I can impart on people to just tell their truth, you know, whatever that looks like, even if it's nasty and messy and hard. And if there's backlash, I think there is beauty in that. Mm -hmm. Just the simple truth. And I think if more of us just showed our cards to the world, like we would all understand each other a lot better Mm -hmm. and it would become easier for everyone to mm-hmm. kind of tell their truth. So yeah. And it would probably feel like a huge relief too. Yeah. I like, mean, ugh. when you tell, when you get something off your chest, the feeling of that, that should be the drug, <laughs> you know, the feeling of telling the truth feels really good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, even if you're telling someone that you don't love them or whatever it is, it's like, when you say that there is some sort of heartbreak or whatever to it, but then there's also this rush of relief mm-hmm. and we've all felt it. Yeah. And it's like more of that. Mm-hmm. Like what if we could feel that every day? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, girl, thank you so much thank for sharing you your heart and having me and coming. Hi guys. <laughs> and hi. <laughs> and um yeah, I'm excited to see what is in store for you. You are a freaking powerhouse and you're doing beautiful work in the world and it really matters. And guys, aren't we glad that Kat got beyond her fear and made this <laughs> podcast? I am living within your thriving right now. That's pretty good. Now I'm crying. Okay. okay. We gotta what? stop. Podcast okay, bye. Podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> Y'all, are you encouraged and inspired by Shanae Alexander? Oh my gosh. I honestly feel like I want to listen to this episode myself multiple times and just write down some of these truth statements that she spit out. Not only do we talk about Beyonce, which you know I always, always love, but one of my favorite parts of this interview is when she talked about this idea of in order to move and grow and have change in our lives, there has to be like this death. Like we have to go through the ashes and the hard times and the moments that we see as failures to really propel us forward. So guys, Gosh, I'm just so excited about this woman and how powerful she is. Check her out. Her website is ShaneeAlexander.com. You can find her on Instagram at ShaneeAlexander. Listen to her, follow her. Let us know what you thought of the podcast. Please leave us a review in iTunes. And here we go. Here's to letting go and letting ourselves be imperfect. Imperfect.